Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, Keith Jackson here from Fergie Time with Barry and Keith. Now, yes, that does sound like a podcast for caravan enthusiasts in late Windermere, but it's not. Each week, Barry Fergus and I are going to get to the bottom of the latest headlines in Scottish football. Subscribe now to Fergie Time with Barry and Keith on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. Um, we've got a few people on international duty this week, Fraser Wilson, so I'm stepping into his shoes. Uh, Gavin Berry from the Daily Record. And I'm joined, as always, by Scott McDermott, uh, the Chief Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer, to discuss all things Rangers. Um, and I'm sure you're counting down the days until the domestic action returns after a disappointing international uh, doubleheader for Scotland, two defeats to Russia and Belgium. But there was a few Rangers players who were away uh, on international duty, mixed fortunes. Uh, Scott, we'll start with that. I think the first one, um, the most eye-catching performance was probably from uh, Joe Aribo making his debut for Nigeria. And it was a bit of a game, a friendly in Dnipro. Nigeria 2-0 up. Tossed away a two-goal lead, but uh, Aribo on the score sheet. Um, so he'll be he'll be one guy. Well, I mean, he actually left for international duty on a bit of a, a, a downer yeah. because I mean he was one guy from that old firm game. I'm sure he poured over this uh, in the old firm post mortem, um, but I'm sure he poured over this. But he was one guy that was probably singled out for a bit of criticism. So that performance will have done him the world of good. I definitely. I mean, after I don't know about criticism after the old firm. Also, the team and the manager get a lot of criticism in general. Aribo, I think there was a degree of sympathy for him in terms of where he played against Celtic. Not everybody expected him to play centrally as he has done uh, since he arrived at Rangers. But obviously, he took up that kind of you know, that kind of inverted winger role in the, the left hand side, which. Uh, obviously surprised everybody in the game, kind of passed them by, if I'm honest. I mean, in terms of criticism, there was a couple of 50-50 challenges that he seemed to kind of duck out of, uh, which the Rangers fans weren't too happy about. I'm sure he'll have learned for that. I mean, you can't, you can't duck out any challenge in, uh, in any old firm game. Um, but listen, he didn't play well, like, like most of the Rangers team. Uh, he would have went away on a downer, but he should come back in a real high, you know, given that it was his first cap for Nigeria. Uh, that will add, you no, know, that has to add to his game, uh, as well as being a, a talented player at, at club level. Playing international fixtures against that standard opposition uh, has got to help him and to help Rangers. And obviously, I think everybody's probably seen the clip of his uh, of his goal where he arrives arrives late in the box. Mm-hmm. And produces a good finish. Um, Set up by Alex Iwobi, is that right? Everton yeah, that's right, Fevern. Um, but I mean, I suppose the key thing is we look at the goal, it, 
no, Aribo gets on it from a central position. It's those type of goals that Rangers fans and Steven Gerrard would have wanted for him uh, or want from him uh, no, this season at, at Rangers. Um, I mean, I've seen the... I seen one graphic in the Nigeria team and I didn't watch the game, so I I can't say for certain, but it looks as if he was playing in a in a three man uh, midfield, pretty much as he does at Rangers, as one of the as one of the most kind of forward uh, forward thinking players. So he gets to that ball from a central area, finishes it well as as we know he can, and I'm no I'd be surprised now that he's back at Rangers if we see him. Uh, if we see him playing wide left for a for a while. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's better, as you say, in the goal that he scored, getting into those positions yep. rather than starting there, you know, with his back to goal. I mean, that, that's not that's not really his game, isn't it? I spoke to Alex Ray, funnily enough, last week when he was doing the Jeff Sterling walk for, to raise money for prostate cancer, and that's what he was saying. He said him in position was, you know, it was totally alien to him, you know, Getting that, getting his ball, as I say, with the back to go, and then you had El Hamed or whoever it was, it's, yep. you know, a Celtic defender, just coming through the back of him. He just, just not. He just looked lost, Gavin. It looked as if he didn't know. I mean, listen, Stephen Gerrard and the coaching team have given them so much detail. Every player, as they do nowadays, in terms of where they're meant to be, you know, when to fill in certain positions, in the pitch, you no know, in possession, out of possession, etc., etc. But. Just watching Aribo for the ninety minutes, he looked unsure of where his starting position was. Me- no, was it meant about the touchline to receive balls? Was it meant to be inside, getting closer to closer to the four? No, the plan just didn't work for Rangers or Aribo, and he had a poor a poor ninety minutes. Which is a shame for him because I suppose it's hard enough. Um you know, make your debut in the old firm game. We've seen many players, you know, struggle in that yep. environment. Um you know, it's hard enough if you're playing your natural position to have then, you know, put him in an, inf- an unfamiliar role. It's Aye. even more difficult for him, you know. Aye, he'll have been just... frustrated. I mean, any player in big games wants to play in their, in their preferred position. He'd started the season, or I think he started the season really well. I think we, th- no, we think the money Rangers have paid for him around 300 grand compensation fee. I mean, it looks like an absolute snip. He looks like a guy who Rangers are going to make a lot of money off in the in the future. So he'd started really well, you know, playing in that advanced midfield role. Obviously, Rangers play with a sitter, then two, two in front. And he was one of them uh, on the left-hand side. But, as I say, against Celtic, he looked, he looked lost, he was he was wider, he had to worry about El Hamed going, going the other way, which obviously isn't, isn't Aribo's game, um, so it would have been really disappointing for him, no, biggest game of the season so far, his biggest game at Rangers so far, um, and he just wasn't in the game, the, the game passed him by. Yeah, I noticed one journalist had written um, after his performance for Nigeria the other night that he looks like the new... Uh, Gigi Okocha, can you see any kind of similarities there? Um, or is it far too I, early? Well, listen, that, that's high praise. Did you like Okocha? Oh, I loved Okocha, aye. Uh, that's high praise. I mean, Okocha was, was top draw, a real maverick, no, mm-hmm. technically brilliant. Uh, we remember seeing him at Bolton, obviously, in the, the Premier League, where he was uh, was superb for, for big Sam Allardyce's team. I, in terms of similarities, I mean, Okocha to me was a classic kind of number 10. Uh, no, he wanted to play in the hole just behind strikers. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, find gaps, play killer passes in and around the, the edge of the box. Um, Aribo slightly different. I mean, where I would see a similarity is in terms of their close control. I mean, I think already this season we've seen Aribo get out of like, tight situations, uh, you know, with, with terrific footwork. I think his close control is brilliant with, with both feet. Um, and if he is in trouble, he, he gets, you know, if Rangers are in trouble or in a kind of sticky uh, situation in the pitch, he's been quite good at getting them out of it. Okocha was brilliant at that as well. In terms of playing number 10, I'm not sure if he's a classic classic number 10 who's going to play right behind the striker. I see him more as a as an attacking midfielder um, who could go box to box if you wanted him. Wanted him to, but his best work is going to be done kind of middle to front. But effectively, where he has been playing or where he was playing for Rangers before that old firm game. Mm-hmm. I think after, I mean, before this Nigeria performance and immediately after the old firm game when fans were maybe debating who should maybe take a step out of the team for the game against Livingston, Joe Rebo was one that some were maybe saying, you know, it could be left out, but now we're back raving about him again yeah. because he's probably showing what he's capable of, you know, if he's played in the right position. So moving on to the Livingston game, um, do you think Joe Rebo will start and what other changes do you envisage Steven Gerrard making for this game? Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we seem to have kind of had this debate um, pretty much for the start, of the, the start of the Europa League qualifiers in terms of where Gerard might prioritise. Mm-hmm. We know he's got a huge squad. Now he's pretty much got two teams, players, you know, two or three players in every position. My own view is that that whatever Stephen Gerrard says, the Premiership is the priority for Rangers. It has to be, especially now after losing the first old firm game to Celtic and obviously going, uh, going three points behind. So... <laughs> I think for Rangers fans, if you ask most of them, they would want Gerard to prioritise the league, which means he plays his strongest team against what he feels is his strongest team against Livingston and Saturday. And then if you're going to make changes, uh, you make them for the the Feyenoord game in midweek. Um, in terms of Aribo, I think he will start. I think he'll be back playing central midfield again where he feels comfortable. No, going away with Nigeria and getting the goal. No, that'll be a positive for Gerard. He will come back in the high. Gerard will want him to continue that no that type of forum. So I expect him to to to, to play. Changes Pfft. listen, Morelos will definitely come back in, I think, mm-hmm. on Saturday for, for the four. Uh Ryan Kent, is he is he fit enough to play? I mean you'd like to think if he's come in, I mean he was he did play in Liverpool's pre-season, albeit he was left out a couple under twenty-three games before before signing for Rangers. But actually, probably expect him to come in and start. And I suppose the other uh, area would be at centre back if he's going to if yeah. he's going to mix it up again. Um, we heard George Edmondson speaking uh, speaking in the papers today mm-hmm. about his kind of fight to dislodge Katic or Goldson. Goldson made a. A monumental error, obviously against Celtic, um, which was which was really costly. I thought Katic had a poor game as well, despite his his brilliant start to the the season. Uh, I don't think any of them could cope with with Edward on the day. So it'll be interesting to see what Gerard does, whether he, you know, what he's thinking is in terms of the final game. Who does he want playing in the league game? Who does he want playing the European game? He made 
changes at this stage last season. Centre back, Warrell came in for Katic, which surprised a few people. So, the team I've seen floating about for Saturday, and just maybe just from talking to people, what what team they like. The the one that keeps coming up is, I mean, I mean, Flanagan is another one. I mean, Barisic also away in international duty. Yeah. Yeah, they had a shocker, didn't they? One old draw with Azerbaijan. Yeah, that was, a, yeah. that was a surprise. That was a surprise result. He he featured in that game. It looks like he'll have to come in for Flanagan because there was reports of Flanagan has gone under the knife. He's got an injury, yeah, he's that's an right. Injury. So the team I, I keep seeing bandied around is McGregor, uh, Tavernier, Katic, Halander in for Goldson, yeah. as you mentioned, the possibility. Barisic, obviously, in for Flanagan. Morelos, as you said, uh, coming in for Defoe with Ojo and Kent. Yep. Either side and maybe well Ryan Jack obviously had to withdraw from international duty with that knee injury. Yeah. So possibly a chance for Andy King to replace him. W- would you be happy with that team? Uh I would be, yep. Um listen, Helander deserves a chance. It'll be interesting to see Gerard dropping Connor Goldson because yeah. it's not something he's done no. since he arrived. And it's one he's maybe getting a bit of criticism for, isn't it? As people think he's Possibly too loyal, too loyal. To yep, I mean, too loyal to him. Uh Connor, I think I think I'm right in seeing Connor Goldson played about fifty four games last season, fifty four, mm-hmm. fifty six games. Um so <laughs> that'll be interesting. My gut feeling, you know what, my gut feeling is he probably will make a change mm-hmm. in there. Whether it's Katic or Goldson that comes out, yeah. I'm not convinced uh, as to who it will be. But I think Hillander will probably get the nod against yeah. Livingston I mean, to, to get a game. How's Katic going to feel if he drops him again? I mean, is he not then going to be looking and saying, well... Probably, but, I mean, Gerard says he's going to, he's going to use the four of them. I mean, Edmondson's pushing for a... A start, a start as well. I mean, Edmondson didn't do much wrong yeah. in pre-season. Uh, so yeah. he'll be disappointed that he's not played more. Yeah. I mean, listen, but, but if the league is the priority, I'm saying, because I mean, I know it is early days, but I mean, they really can't, you know, can't, they couldn't they afford another. No, they can't. Really. I mean, no, they, even at this stage in the season, they can't afford to drop more points. I mean, as a slight kind of side issue, you always, also need to look at the opposition. Livingston, will clearly come to Ibrooks and try and play direct. No, we know about the long balls. Mm-hmm. Eh, they know about the long throws. They'll try and get it eh, get it forward early. Eh, pretty sure Lyndon Dykes will probably start up front. Mm-hmm. No big powerful striker. Maybe that's another reason for no putting Hillander or, or Edmondson in, just changing it changing it up a bit. Um further forward, I agree with you. I think King I don't we've not seen King hardly. He's come on a couple of late Sub appearances, I think at East Fife and St Mirren. Um, but I, I said when he signed, I think Andy King will offer this Rangers midfield something different. Um, I think he's capable of getting into the box, uh, arriving in the box late and getting, you no, know, getting important goals. So he's definitely in contention if uh, if Ryan Jack's out as we expect. Mm-hmm. And I agree with the two wingers. I think against Livingston, it's going to be stuffy. They're going to sit in uh, and try and defend, defend deep. No, they're going to try and make themselves really difficult to break down. Rangers struggled against that uh, that deep line defence last season yeah. uh, at Ibrox in a few games. So I expect Kent and Ojo, no, to play uh, to play wide. Yeah. So you might see Arfield coming into that that three man midfield on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, because if you're Livingston. 
I mean, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, what a great game to come back to. That's a great game, you know, home to Livingston. But I, I mean, Livingston's no. the key time of Team DE. Oh. I'm not entirely sure they are the perfect opposition. No. Obviously, I mean, Rangers did have the... Uh, well, that setback away to Livingston early on in the season, didn't they? But then they recovered and then they had two, three now wins against them, yep. including one at Ibrooks. But I mean, if you're Gary Hole, you're sitting saying, "We if we if we win this game, we actually leapfrog Rangers." You know, they're, they're, they're solid, they're well organised. That's not just yeah. a hor- they're a horrible team to play against, and that, that's and that's no. Uh, any disrespect to him, that's the biggest compliment I can pay. I don't think anyone in this league yeah. no, likes playing against Livy. No, obviously, people thought with your Halkis and your Gallicers and all that leaving as well that they might because that was what they, they found their success yeah. was built on that, you know. And they thought, oh, well, you know, but, but they've, they've replaced them, they've, they've replaced them pretty well. And yeah. Ga- listen, Gary Holt's a good manager, he'll go yeah. to Ibrooks. Uh, I think he's going to be back at Ibrooks, isn't he, after him coming out of hospital. So, yeah. Um, but he'll have a game plan for going to Ibrooks, um, and it, as I say, it will be to sit, sit deep, try and frustrate Rangers as much as they can, I, I expect them to kind of flood the middle of the, the middle of the park, and as I say, try and take advantage of set pieces, whether it's throw-ins or corners, uh, they have got you know, an, a real aerial presence between the uh, between the, the defensive guys and, and uh, big dykes up front, so... That'll be the game plan. It'll be up to Rangers to try and try and break them down. We say, we say the same every time. An early goal changes everything. But Rangers haven't always been able to get that against these type of teams at home. And the longer it goes, the longer it suits Levy. Uh, and as I say, that's why I expect Gerard to go with two wide men to try and get at them uh, as early as they can. No, we, we pace down the sides and listen if they get an early goal it makes it a lot a lot easier for Rangers and you'd expect them to go and win it yeah because you look ahead I mean obviously after the setback of that losing to Celtic you're then looking to think well Rangers fans are basically saying 12 points we want no less than 12 points yeah. for the next four games so starts with Livingston at home and then it's St Johnston away the following week they are struggling a bit then it's Aberdeen at home followed by Hamilton so they probably are winnable, aren't they? Ah, they should. I mean, that, that's the, the four of them. They're expected to win every game, but yeah. that, that added complication is obviously the Europa League. We've spoken about it a million, a million times. How big a dilemma it is for Gerard? I mean, they're in a, they're in a good group, you not know, a fairly glamorous group. The, <coughs> excuse me, the games at home, to Porto and Feyenoord in particular, they'll be an electric. Atmosphere, no, it will get the Rangers fans' juices flowing. Um, no big European nights as well as the the away trips, obviously. But we go back to this uh, prioritisation, no where where it should sit. And I think the the number one priority for Gerard has to be, as you say, to win these next four league games. I think at home to Feyenoord, no, you can play George Edmondson, you can play Jermaine Defoe, you can. No, you can play Andy King or Brandon Barker or, or whoever. The, the squad yeah. should be strong enough no, to deal with. So he, he's going to mix it up. I don't think it's ideal chopping and changing the, the defence um, every other week. So I don't think that will happen as much. But certainly middle to front, I think he's got to pick his best. I think he's got to pick his best 11 for the Premiership. Because as you say, no, talking about people coming back in a high... Celtic are going to be in a massive high after that 
all firm win. I'd expect them to win comfortably at Hamilton again on Saturday. I think they're then at home to Kilmarnock the, the following week, another yeah. game you'd yeah. expect them to win. So, yeah. as you say, even at this, even this early in the season, Rangers just can't afford to drop uh, any more points or drop further behind. So the league games have to be the priority. And, uh, and if Rangers and Gerrard are going to make changes, I would uh, I would make them the European games. Yeah. Just on just to touch on the other players who were involved in international duty, then Steve Davis deserves a mention. The, Playing against Germany, although they yep. lost, became the Northern Ireland's most capped outfield player. Yeah. I think Pat Jennings still holds the record, is that That's right? right. And, uh, and then in the under-21s, they had, uh, well, two on players out on loan, Middleton, Glenn Middleton and Ross McCrory, who were involved in that under-21s. That was some result yeah. uh, for Scott Gemmell's side uh, away in Croatia, wasn't it? Come from behind with, to win with two late goals. But starting with Davis, I mean... We've mentioned him many times in the podcast, just how important he is and his experience. But pleased to see him getting that. Aye, I, th- I mean it's it's great for him. I mean I thought he was only Rangers player that that came out of the old firm game mm-hmm. any sort of any sort of credit. If I'm if I'm honest, um, I think if more Rangers players would have played like him on the day, they might have got a not might have been a different result. Um, but aye, listen, we've, we've spoke to Michael O'Neill. A few times we know how important Stephen Davis is to to Northern Ireland. It's amazing now to think when he came back to Rangers, there was doubts about him. Wasn't he? he was out of the team. Uh, I mean, incredible to think you know, there was a game at Petodre last season where he didn't even make the That's he didn't right. even make the bench, um, and he was no, he wasn't even stripped. And I think then even Stephen Davis would admit he was kind of you know, he was almost wondering whether whether the move was going to work out. A second time around, but credit to him, he's got himself fit again uh, on top for him. I think he's been terrific since he came back into the team uh, towards the end of last season. And listen, for Northern Ireland, along with guys like uh, with Johnny Evans and that at the back, Davis is absolutely pivotal to what, what Michael O'Neill's trying to do. The result didn't go for them uh, against Germany, albeit. Um, I didn't see the game, but I'm led to believe they gave Germany a right good run for the money in the in the first half. Uh, lost a goal just after half time, and I expect Davis now. You no, know, he's shown no signs of kind of slowing up. He's no, no, he's not made any indication that he's you know, he's going to retire. I mean, we've seen a few guys from Northern Ireland retire uh, pretty early. You no, know, I think guys like Chris Brunt uh, was one last week. Was it Oliver Norwood last week? Yeah. Uh, quite international football so uh, Davis has shown no indication of that which will be great news for Michael O'Neill and I think no Davis will now be thinking about that Pat Jennings record to become uh, Northern Ireland's most capped player overall which would be a no, a brilliant accolade for, for him and his, his family and just a word on that under 21 result because you followed them for many years now yep. so you must have been chuffed um, I was I was chuffed for for Scott Gemmell in particular, um, Scott Gemmell and Peter Houston, he's his assistant. Um, listen, there was a few guys probably even in our business that looked at the first game of the campaign last week, home to San Marino, 2-0. No, it wasn't brilliant, but MD was at the game would realise when San Marino just sat with 10 men behind the ball. It was a horrible night. No Conditions were, were terrible. For Scotland, actually, just to... No, beat San Marino comfortably 2-0. It was a good three points. They got the job done. 
did I expect him to then go to Croatia and win? Probably not. I mean, I watched the first, uh, watched the first half of the game on uh, on YouTube. Croatia were the better side. Um, had a guy playing, his name escapes me, but the number ten for Croatia. He was like a mini Modric. He was kind of running the running the game for them, and I kind of feared the worst at half time. I have to admit, uh, one 0 down, but I did feel that the twenty ones just needed a bit of pace coming on at half time. Uh, loose. Uh, Big boy Hornby up front mm-hmm. was playing really well, but had no runners beside him. Lewis Ferguson was playing up beside him, and it wasn't quite working. And it was crying out for Middleton to come on in the in the second half. And obviously, him and McLennan uh, came on in the second half and made the made the difference with the, the Aberdeen boy getting the getting the two goals. And what a result! I mean, Ross McCrory's captain in the twenty one, so it's brilliant for him. But just in terms of the campaign, though, he opened up with two wins. To win away from home to the top seeds, that'll have given all the boys, you no know, Middleton, McCrory and the rest, a real boost. Probably particularly Middleton because I've seen him in the last couple of weeks for Hibs. Hibs are going through a bad time just now. Um, and I don't think he's been at his, his best either. He looked to me as if he was struggling with a wee bit of, a wee bit of confidence. So for him to come in for the, those two games... And uh, and make an impact will have done his confidence the world a good. Great. Right, Scott, I think that's us then for today. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, if you want to download the podcast, you go to uh, Record Rangers at iTunes and Acast, and feel free to follow us on Twitter at uh, Record Sport. And we'll be back next week with all the reaction to uh, the weekend game against Livingston. Thank you. Come